Hello, this is William Fink, and this is Christogenia Saturdays. Today is Saturday, February 11th, 2017. Praise Yahweh, the God of Israel, and thank you for listening. Tonight we are going to play a replay of our appearance this past Wednesday evening on the Battle of New Orleans radio program, which airs on WGSO AM radio in New Orleans. But first I have a few things to say regarding some points of contention with some of our positions which were raised during the program. These points of contention are often raised by both Jews, denominational Christians, and even white nationalists. I am answering them now because I did not have the opportunity to answer them as well as I would have liked to have answered them during the broadcast. The format simply being too restrictive to convey our ideas in a sufficiently comprehensive manner. The first point of contention is that of the so-called black Hebrew Israelites, as if they should be placed on a par with Christian identity. And the people who do those, who do that, the people who do that have no idea of the tremendous amount of evidence we have, historical evidence, inscriptions from archaeology, supporting Christian identity. This idea that there are black Hebrews who are Israelites is about the biggest joke ever played on niggers, most of whom are stupid enough to believe it. It is almost as ridiculous as thinking that Jews are Israelites. If anyone thinks either could be possibly true, their name may as well be Pede Monsanto. Aside from the obvious things, such as the fact that the Israelites were a highly successful agrarian society, that they built a kingdom which lasted 800 years before it fell apart due to infiltration and corruption. They left behind a legacy of literature and law which the ancient Greek writers esteemed and all white cultures after them. And that every description of them in scripture describes white people. So aside from those obvious things, there are a few things we must ask. If the apostles were sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and if the new covenant was made for the house of Israel and the house of Judah, as the, as the apostles themselves had stated, then why did the apostles go to Europe? And where are the epistles of Paul to the Hutus? or to the Mandingos, or to the Tutsis? Where is there any evidence of a sub-Saharan Christianity before the time of the first European missionaries to Africa? Why do Africans today require a constant stream of white missionaries from Europe and America, and still struggle to maintain a merely marginal appearance of being quote-unquote Christian? Why don't the sub-Saharan African languages have any historical traces of biblical languages? Why didn't Hottentots and Bushmen 
speak Hebrew or Greek? Where did Paul or the other apostles write epistles to Hottentots and Bushmen? A thousand obvious arguments can be made against the idea that niggers are Israelites, or that Israelites were ever niggers. But here is one of the best, because it comes from a Greek writer who lived nearly, nearly a Greek writer who lived nearly a hundred years before Christ. And I originally wrote the following a couple of years ago at the main Christogenia website. In fact, right now, it's posted on the bottom of the main Christogenia front page in honor of real black history. And this is what we said. In spite of the Hollywood propaganda, the ancient Greeks and Romans hardly knew the African Negro, except perhaps as a passing spectacle in the desert, or by the surviving population of mixed races in certain places in Egypt. One literary example which demonstrates the truth of this assertion is found in the Library of History. In Book 3, written by the ancient Greek historian Diodorus Siculus, whose work was published sometime around 36 B.C., after he had described the cultured people, people of Ethiopia, who were originally not black and who had many things in common with the rest of the civilized world, this is what Diodorus Siculus says in Book 3 in Chapter 8 of his Library of History. But there are also a great many other tribes of the Ethiopians, some of them dwelling in the land lying on both banks of the Nile and on the islands in the river, others inhabiting the neighboring country of Arabia, and still others residing in the interior of Libya. Now, let us have the understanding, or convey the understanding, that to the ancient Greeks, Egypt was the Nile River basin, and everything east of it was Arabia, even if it was on the west side of the Red Sea. And everything west of the Nile was Libya. And Diodorus continues by saying, The majority of them, and especially those who dwell along the river, are black in color and have flat noses and woolly hair. As for their spirit... They are entirely savage and display the nature of a wild beast. Not so much, however, in their temper as in their ways of living, for they are squalid all over their bodies. They keep their nails very long like the wild beasts and are as far removed as possible from human kindness to one another. And speaking as they do with a shrill voice and cultivating none of the practices of civilized life, as these are found among the rest of mankind, they present a striking contrast when considered in the light of our own customs. So this is a first century view of African Negroes by a Greek academic who lived around the same time as Julius Caesar. The Jews entertained the idea that Hebrews were niggers, or that niggers could have been Hebrews, 
mostly because the Jews do not really have any care for historical truth in antiquity. Rather, the Jews love to promote confusion and discredit those who seek the truth of antiquity. So they do that by promoting these Negro fantasies of a glorious past, something which the Negro has never had and could never live up to. There is a legacy of nearly 3,000 years of writing and art in the Mediterranean basin, which reflects an entirely white society. White all over North Africa, white all over the Levant, and Syria, white, well, the Syria is technically part of the Levant, Palestine and Syria, I should say, white all over Anatolia, which is modern-day Turkey, and, of course, white all throughout southern Europe. And the Greeks described not only themselves, but also the Phoenicians of Palestine as being fair-skinned, white-skinned, and blonde, as they also described the Persians and other peoples of the East. The Egyptians and Ethiopians were the first white nations to be overrun with blacks, which is even alluded to in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 3. And those countries were turned into mulatto cesspools before the Greeks crossed over and tried to civilize them once again in the time of the Ptolemies, which didn't work out too well. The Egyptians and Ethiopians of today are the first result of multiculturalism and diversity. And the Jewish desire is to do that same thing to every white nation during the Islamic period. They had done it to the entire Middle East, turning the entire Middle East and Near East into Egypt's and Ethiopia's, lands which were once white, civilized, and Christian. The black Hebrew Israelites are among the tools of the Jews in their objective to mongrelize all of society. And whites who fall for this trash are just as dumb as niggers. The next subject which came up, the next point of contention, is an idea often repeated by Jews and white nationalists alike, even if they each frame it differently. And commonly, identity Christians are accused of wanting to out-Jew the Jews, or of wanting to be the real Jews. These are Jewish arguments that have for a long time been used to disparage Christian identity beliefs. However, they themselves are Jewish lies. Jews claim to be the chosen and use that claim as the basis for their desire to rule over and enslave other races or to legitimize their crimes in whatever nations have hosted them. Jewry uses the claim as a front for their international crime ring, a syndicate which they have been operating under different names for thousands of years. But the Jews are not Israelites, and they never have been. Rather, they are a wandering tribe of merchants, usurers, 
panderers and assorted other criminals which had infiltrated and subverted ancient Judea just as they have every modern nation. They have perverted the perception of ancient history to their own advantage just as they continually pervert modern history for their own profit. There is nothing new under the sun. In the period of the Old Testament, Jews were called Canaanites, Kenites, Rephaim, Edomites, and other names, Amorites, Amalekites. Flavius Josephus, Strabo of Cappadocia, and the writings in the New Testament all serve to prove this assertion. The true children of Israel were taken into captivity by the Assyrians 700 years before the time of Christ. And it can be proven through ancient history, the Greco-Roman classics and archaeology, as well as biblical literature, that they are among the ancestors of modern Europeans. But much of Europe was settled before, before that period, by related tribes, both from Mesopotamia and the Levant. And these are also among the ancestors of modern Europeans. This history is the basis for Christian identity. It cannot be told in merely a few words, but it can all be established from a plethora of ancient documents and inscriptions. The myth that the Jews are the quote-unquote chosen people is only about 1600 years old. It was developed as original apostolic Christianity was persecuted out of existence and slowly replaced by a universalist Roman Catholic Church. The persecution of original Christianity was also by the instigation of the Jews. Another fact which is established by ancient writers, Tertullian, Minucius Felix, 2nd century A.D., when Rome accepted Christianity, the Jews were ostracized. And although early Christians understood that the Jews were a cursed people, the Jews developed their myth by hiding their true history in order to justify their existence so that they could perpetuate their criminal activities among Christians. But identity Christians have the beliefs which they do because they have investigated the history which reveals the truth, both the truth of their own origins as well as the truth behind the identity of the Jews. Believing these things, that they are able to establish through the ancient writings of our European race, identity Christians look back to the original promises made to their ancestors as well as the original expectations required of them in return, and seek to follow them. That is not Jewish, it is Christian. So we read in Leviticus, I'm sorry, so we read in Leviticus chapter 19, where Yahweh God speaks to the children of Israel, and he says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel.
The God of Israel then proceeded to lay down a moral code, beginning with the basic commandments, by which the nation could survive distinctly in an immoral world. The people known today as Jews are actually a portion of the of the descendants of those who created the immoral world, Sodom and Gomorrah and Babylon, and they perpetuate those ideals to this very day. Sodom and Gomorrah ooze from the flesh of every Jew, and you could smell it for miles away. European Christians are properly the heirs of that moral legacy which began in the Exodus. As the Apostle Peter wrote in his first epistle, writing to Christians, But you are an elect race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, so that you should proclaim the virtues for which from out of darkness you have been called into the wonder of his light, who at one time were not a people, but now are the people of God those who have not been shown mercy, but are now shown mercy. The words are cryptic to the unlearned, but Peter is quoting the 8th century B.C. Hebrew prophet Hosea, who witnessed the time that the ancient Israelites were carried off by the Assyrians into captivity and resettled around the Black and Caspian Seas and near the Caucasus Mountains, through which they traveled, and for which reason they later called themselves Caucasians, a reference to the white people of Europe. The history of the true people of Israel in Scripture is an analogy, whereby they were put out of their land for their sin, becoming not a people, and were shown mercy and reconciled to God in Christ, being the the true chosen race, the race of Exodus chapter 19. The holy nation of Exodus chapter 19 is the same holy nation and race which Peter was writing about in 1 Peter chapter 2. He was writing to those same people because that's the people to whom the apostles were sent according to the gospel of Christ itself. Christians demonstrate that they are the anointed people of God by building nations based on the rule of law, by treating their racial kinsmen with brotherly love, justice, and equity, and by working for the edification of their community, which is properly their own extended family. This is how identity Christians practice their Christianity, for the benefit of their own white race, while also knowing that they have an obligation to defend their race against outsiders. This is why Jews hate Christian identity and they seek to destroy it. One method they have of destroying it is teaching it to niggers. Christian identity is a glue that they cannot dissolve otherwise. Christian identity is absolute anathema to the Jew and to all non-whites who would want to infiltrate white society for their own profit. Identity Christians do not seek to rule over or enslave non-whites, 
but rather to ostracize them, to remove them from white communities, as Christians are commanded to be a separate people, which is the very meaning of the term holy nation, as Peter had used it in his epistle, and as it appears in Exodus chapter 19. The Greek word for holy means separated and devoted to God. Any multiracial nation cannot possibly be holy by the original definition of the word. Because it's multiracial, its people can't be separate. Identity Christians believe that the white man is the Adamic man of scripture. And there is a plethora of evidence to support that belief. The white man is therefore, in our eyes, the pinnacle of the creation of God. To defend the white race is to defend the creation of God. And we read in Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf. And so I believe today that my conduct is in accordance with the will of the Almighty Creator in standing guard against the Jew. I am defending the handiwork of the Lord. This is not an attempt to act like Jews. Whites and anyone else, Christian or not, white nationalist or not, whites and anyone else who despise this concept are themselves acting as Jews, as it's the Jews who have historically been the creators of confusion in all societies, promoting multiculturalism, and diversity wherever they are found. And we can read from Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf again. To undermine the existence of human culture by exterminating its founders and custodians would be an execrable crime in the eyes of those who believe that the folk idea lies at the basis of human existence. Whoever would dare to raise a profane hand against that highest image of God among his creatures, would sin against the bountiful creator of this marvel, and would collaborate in the expulsion from paradise. Adolf Hitler knew much more about the Bible than any white nationalist today or any so-called Christian pastor of the denominational churches. Christian identity is the exact polar opposite of the ideology of Judaism. Identity Christians seek to preserve their race, thereby preserving the pinnacle of God's creation, as being distinct and differently valued from all other races. No member of any other race, and especially the Jew, has a right to decide what is good or moral for our white race. Therefore, no member of any other race should ever have any voice in white society. Ever. And we will read from Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf once more. And for all of the 14 words fans out there, we can see where they came from. And Hitler wrote, what we have to fight for is the necessary security for the existence and increase of our race and people. 
the subsistence of its children and the maintenance of our racial stock unmixed, the freedom and independence of the fatherland, so that our people may be enabled to fulfill the mission assigned to it by the Creator. Adolf Hitler was not Christian identity. But he understood Christianity. And in regard, in this regard, he had the same understanding that we do. He certainly cannot be accused of wanting to out-Jew the Jew. All of those who oppose identity Christians by disparaging us or opposing our ideals, they are the wannabe Jews. It is they who are trying to out-Jew the Jews because they are assisting the Jews in their eternal plot against white society and their eternal plot against Christianity in order to create a world like that of ancient Babel and Sodom and Gomorrah. of trying to destroy the creation of God by mixing everything up like you have fish genes in your tomatoes and your vegetables are crossbred with every sort of beast. The Jews are the world's original genetically mongrelized organisms and they have sought to twist the entire balance of the creation of God into their own perverse golem. If you stand against Christian identity, against our ideals, I don't care if you're, you're not a biblical student and can't understand the scripture as we do, if you stand against our ideals you expose yourself as being on the side of the Jew. When you attack us, you expose yourself as being a pawn for Satan. Here we are going to play the entire Battle of New Orleans broadcast without commercials, although I did not appear until after the first 15-minute segment. We are including that segment and have edited out nothing except the commercials. Because that first segment also explains why some of the callers asked the questions which they did. We do not know how long the main host, who goes by the handle Goyam, has been doing radio. But he had an awful lot of tolerance for a few unworthy callers. Clowns who only wanted to use his airtime for their own agendas. One caller was an outright spammer. And another only wanted a soapbox of his own. That is unfortunate, but it is always the case. We've had very much experience with that on our own call-in programs. And we ourselves would not have been as patient as Goyam was. That being said, we are indeed grateful to the program hosts for having us. Here we will play the entire broadcast. Praise Yahweh, the God of Israel and white men everywhere. And thank you for listening. President of the United States of America. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago 
that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweigh the dangers which are cited to justify it. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily... With your hosts, Nathan Lawrenson, Caleb Hitt, and Goyle, or 990 WGSO. In 1814, we took a little trip along with Colonel Jackson down the mighty Mississippi. We took a little bacon and we took a little beans and we caught the blood. Dude, welcome to Battle of New Orleans Radio. I'm your host tonight, sitting in for Nathan. I'm, my name's Gary King. We've got Goyam in the studio and we've got another fella named Terry. We've got Co-hosts all over the place, and tonight we're expecting Bill Fink in the second hour, and we're going to have Don Fox in the first hour. He should be calling in about 15 minutes. We've got Caleb Hit on Skype, so he's taking care of business there, and he does a lot of engineering work for us after the fact. So, um, Goyam, what do we talk about, the new Trump (laughs) taking on the uh, military? I mean, not taking on the military, ready to use the military for Israeli purposes. It seems like, um, it seems as though he's really pushing for war in Iran indirectly, if you ask me. I mean, like you said before the show started, um, he's talking about all these false flags, these old false flags that we got to look further into. And, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, that, that's, you know, it, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I'm still not sold on the guy. I know it's early, but we're going to see what happens with this situation. Well, if you remember, uh, before Trump was actually uh, sworn in, I said my measuring stick mm-hmm. is going to be, as soon as he's interviewing crisis actors, I'm going to cry like a little girl. <laughs> well, it wasn't quite that bad, but then again, it was. So what happened, anyone watching Fox News or the mainstream media will recognize uh, this week, the big thing was that the mainstream media was not covering domestic terrorism in a thorough enough way. And then, now, it could have been any false flag, but I've actually helped contribute to writing books about the Boston Marathon, about Sandy Hook, even Nice and the Paris attacks. And he named them off one at a time, including San Bernardino. And there is no question that those are embarrassing hoaxes. So some people have told me that he just doesn't know, but I I have to worry about that because you don't want the commander-in-chief uh, completely unaware of false news. Yeah, fake news. I was talking to Nathan earlier today. He's uh, got a little prior commitment tonight. But uh, we're going to have Bill Fink on our show tonight from uh, org. If anybody wants to um, call in, they're welcome to call in later at 504-556-9696. But as far as what Gary's saying, I mean, I'm telling it to everybody every day. Once the football ends, once the, the bread and circuses end, that's usually when they start ushering in a lot of stage mass shootings to push for this UN small arms gun ban treaty or whatever this gun grab thing that they're pushing for or to false flag us into more TSA, more Big Brother, more Orwellian, you know, entities in our worldwide really at this point. So Caleb, uh, we got you over there on Skype over there in Ohio. What's your take on what's going on lately with that? And I, again, I'm kind of holding my breath now, now that the Super Bowl ended, I'm waiting to see what happens. If there's going to be any, I know that we're going to have protests, but are we going to have stage shootings and are we going to have uh, these false flags like you, we usually have at the end of these uh, sports calendars? Probably. <laughs> That's my short answer. 
Yeah, I, I, think these, I think a lot of things will continue. I know going back to the uh, the Iran thing, I know that I think a lot of this has to do with what's going on in Yemen. Because hmm. isn't Iran, aren't they backing the uh, the rebels? Uh, they're trying to, I guess they're battling their, their Saudi-backed uh, regime there. Well, you, listen, you got a situation where a lot of Trump supporters right now are all for war. They're getting fermented into it, Gary and Caleb and Terry. Yeah, let's not uh, forget that Iran has not attacked another nation since the 1700s. It's just something they don't do. And I, I don't believe that they're actually backing any terrorist group to go and blow up anything. I, I just believe that Israel wants to go to war with them, and they're going to make it look like that if we don't, then they're going to get us first. Go ahead, Caleb. Well, I know that they well, – I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with they, whether they back the rebels there. I think they're the Houthi rebels or not, but – I know that apparently Trump was on the phone with the uh, uh, with the Saudi uh, royal there, and I guess uh, well Iran, of course, they tested what they claim to be a conventional missile test, and there apparently is no there's no uh, ban against that. So I don't know why Trump is really uh, you know uh, putting them on notice, so to speak, at the bidding of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, well, how many? All- well, Caleb, how many ba- how many bases do we have surrounding Iran? I know Nathan quoted it somewhere around forty or somewhere around there, huh? Oh, of course, yeah, we have a bunch of boatload around Iran and also Russia, of course. Yeah, and listen to this: I'm watching the Super Bowl Sunday, and they have this Hyundai commercial. You guys can go look it up. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I told my wife mid commercial, I'm like, they show this uh this um, military base in Poland. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, what are we doing with a military base in Poland? You know, World War II was 80 years ago. I turned to my wife. I'm like, does that, doesn't that weird you out, creep you out that we have a base there? And I guess she doesn't get it. Gary's shaking his head in acknowledgement. And, and if you look up this Super Bowl Hyundai commercial, they show these American troops getting hugged by their family. And it's like supposed to be slightly tape delayed. Uh, at the Super Bowl, they're like, we gotta do what it takes to support our troops. They're over here in Poland, and it's 2017. So explain that to me. Why do we have a base in Poland in 2017? Well, I know that this may go back to, uh, Nathan references a lot. I, I, I'm actually, I've begun reading the book, uh, the Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins, I got from my local library. And obviously he talks a lot about, from his experiences, of the United States and dealing with tra- transnational corporations and the World Bank and so on and so forth, of how they'll oppress a, a government, say Ecuador or Indonesia, for example. They'll promise them to build up their infra- infrastructure, hydroelectric dams, uh, highway systems, whatever the case may be. Uh, of course, and what they the, the companies, the money that comes back to the U.S. Gets back in return is that the, a few handful, a few families get wealthy, of course, and then the governments they cannot pay back the oppressive loans that were given to them. Hmm. So, and the, the, of course, then comes the uh, the usual favors, um, infrastructure. They will will take your dams and your rivers, <laughs> and in payment right. of your debt. Wow. Or we need to we need to have a military base in your in your in your country. Yeah. Now, getting back to Super Bowl real quick. Now, the big question was. Is Lady Gaga going to say anything political at the Super Bowl? Well, in an indirect way, she said, this land is my land. Yeah. This land is your Open land. Borders, with the uh, thousand points of light behind her. And uh, if 
She's like stabbed. a fallen angel coming down from Dylan. <laughs> Some people have conspiracies on that. I think she kind of hit the brakes a little bit, her handler somewhat. But let's let's look at the reality here, guys. She was there with the spirit cooking Abrahamovich. We you gotta you gotta see and and hear what she said personally outside of her musical career, uh, politically and, and almost on a Luciferian level about uh you know like children's blood and being involved with this like these um kind of like this connection indirectly to Pizzagate and kind of this weird kind of stuff that she promotes and is all for. Obviously, she has a one hundred percent liberal cultural Marxist agenda. Of course, people try to decode her halftime show as best they could. They said the show started on a roof. That ties into Dylan Roof. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. But, you know, like a Luciferian angel falling down, she comes down, and that was pre-recorded. And like you said, the thousand points of light in this land is our land. And what about the upside-down pentagrams? <laughs> yeah, that, I saw that. I could have saw that as a star, David, the Israeli wars that we fight on behalf of them. But uh definitely with that song, uh, This Land is Our Land, they're promoting the open borders, the relocation of millions and millions of Muslims into Europe and North America. This is the overall goal, whether it be the United Nations, the handlers, the Rothschilds, the central banks, whatever, whoever's behind this, it seems like the overall theme of what we have to expect in the next, you know, months and years. And what about the judge who um, put the temporary ban on the Muslim uh, countries? And then how Israeli-esque for Trump to come out and say, hey, if something goes wrong, it's on your head. Boy, is that opening up a bunch of false flags? Listen, our next guest, Bill Fink, um, during the commercial break, we're going to hook up with him. He's in New Jersey, and uh, he's going to talk a lot about this. I mean, some people see him as a controversial figure. We've had him on the show prior, and it was a we had a little issue with some of the communication there on the time. And tonight we're going to give him a good hour, hour and a half. Um, we're also going to have Don Fox on uh, as well. And uh, we're looking forward to that. If you guys want to call us up, 504-556-9696, you can talk to Bill Fink. And you can check out information about him on org. We'll spell that later. Uh, but, yeah, we got one minute left before the break, guys. Uh, Terry, and, again, we've been uh, actively inviting our listeners into the studio. We had B on last week. Um, you know, we have Terry, who's a longtime listener from New Orleans. He sees what's happening with the globalism. He's got his headset on. He's going to chime in here and there. Uh, and if you guys want to call in, again, feel free to call us in. And we're going to be back shortly with the one and only Bill Fink, ladies and gentlemen. And, and Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, and Don Fox. And don't forget, well, this show is not for the faint of heart. So if you want lollipops and unicorns, you be able to turn the dial exactly. right now. I will be right back. Battle of New Orleans Radio. All right, we're back, Battle of New Orleans Radio. Again, Nathan Lawrenson is not here tonight, but we have a full studio. We got uh, Terry in here, first time, uh, long time listener, first time in the studio. We got Gary King, of course. We got Caleb Hitt on Skype, myself, Goyam. And, um, you know, the situation with uh, Bill Fink is, again, how important our listeners are. Um, you know, if you listen to Jeff Carrere, Richie calls in a lot. He calls in our show. He's helped us clean the monuments. He's been active. Uh, he's donated to the show, and he always told us, emailed us, called us up personally, and was like, can you guys please get Bill Fink on the show? And I think, uh, you know, I don't know that much about Bill Fink like Richie does, but uh, Richie is 100%. He says, you guys need to let your listeners hear this guy. He knows what's going on. He speaks the truth, although a lot of people might not like it. He's a little bit controversial, this and that, Christian Identity, um, org. But uh, without any further ado, we're going to bring Bill Fink on right now, 
as well as, by the way, we have Payday Monsanto on on the on another line. So on top of everyone else we have here, Payday couldn't be in the studio, but he's online number two as well. But um, with no further ado, Bill Fink, uh, welcome to Battle New Orleans Radio. Hello, thank you for having me. Praise Christ. Yeah, man, and I'm looking at my notes here. Um, again, it, it was uh, one of our loyal one of our loyal listeners, Richie, was uh, adamant on having you on our show. We tried to get you on in August. It didn't work out that well. That was our fault. We had some issues with uh, communication and whatnot. But we're glad to have you on the show tonight. If anybody wants to call in and talk to Bill Fink at 504-556-9696 live, you're welcome to do so. But again, I'm gonna we're gonna throw some questions out to you. But again, I want you to discuss this Christian identity, your website, what you stand for, what you believe. And again, if if listeners don't agree with him per se, again, we we are here to support the First Amendment. Uh, you know, we've had David Duke on the show, we've had Black Panthers on the show, we've had controversial figures. Of course, we're seen as controversial in New Orleans. Payday Monsanto, myself, Nathan, Gary, you name it, Caleb. Yeah, and before we get much, going, but, um. Bill, this, my name is Gary King and I have one of your uh, friends that's going to be a co-host tonight. His name is Don Fox and I know you have done several radio shows together. So we've got a bunch of hosts in the show and you're the main guest. So, um, I just wanted to let you know that Don Fox is on one of the lines. Well, and without any further ado, Bill, what's your take on what you're seeing in the world today? I know a lot of our listeners are concerned. They try to prep for scenarios and obviously ultimately there's not much you could do in certain situations. You kind of got to throw your hands up as a, as a human, you know, there's only so much you could do on earth, uh, to prepare. You know, I have a young child and I was even talking to Nathan today just for us to keep this show going. We have to stress and run around and everybody can relate to the stress of life and the, um, new world order. It just seems like it's putting a, uh, ever, ever increasing pressure on us. Um, people seem sadder on the street. You don't see people smiling as much. Uh, what's your take on that? Me and Nathan were talking about that before the show. And uh, I, I just want you to explain where, where you stand for and where, what you're about, and uh, we'll leave it at that. Go ahead. Well, well, you said you had David Duke on the program, and, and he talks a lot about <clears throat> Jewish treachery and, and the Jewish plot against Christian civilization. Mm-hmm. He doesn't call it Christian civilization. He really calls it white civilization. But to me, the two terms are and should be synonymous. <clears throat> mm-hmm. The world is slowly sliding down a cliff and into the state of Sodom and Gomorrah. And mainstream Christians, denominational Christians, keep offering concessions to the world, changing their doctrines to accommodate what I consider to be Mystery Babylon, and moving their defensive lines back closer and closer to the edge of oblivion. And then they wonder why things get worse and worse and never seem to get better. First it was women's liberation, then it was the the, um, the civil rights movement, and, mm-hmm. and it's one thing after another. Now we have this LGBTQ, XYZ garbage, this sexual perversion described in alphabet soup. What we have, the, the um, <clears throat> unnatural equality, the, the, there's no equality between the races, but in Un- unnatural equality is forced by all of the world's governments upon unequal races. Hmm. That the women's lib and and it, it women thinks women think that it freed them from the patriarchy and and really the enemies of Christianity have just freed them from their panties. 
That, that's exactly what's been going on here. Next, it's going to be the legalization of pedophilia. That's coming down the road. They've already been pushing at it for hard for five or six years. After that, men and women are going to be walking down the aisles marrying four-legged beasts because they won't be satisfied with the two-legged beasts any longer. And this is what the world is coming to. And in the meantime, while all this is going on, our entire foreign policy is framed in favor of this artificial state in Palestine, a state which was created in an atmosphere of terror, whose residents also hold citizenship and maintain voting rights and special political lobbies in all of the Western nations. We have destroyed other nations on their behalf, both in Europe and in the Middle East, nations which were never a serious threat to us. A serious study of the actors behind every treacherous program in history reveals that these same Jews were behind women's lib, civil rights, forced integration, abortion rights, no-fault divorce laws, gay rights, all other subversive movements. Today, Jews are at the forefront of promoting open borders and endless immigration into already crowded and bankrupt white nations. Interracial marriage. Holland and Switzerland, and they fund and promote subversive groups like Black Lives Matters. I mean, everybody could point, oh, Soros funds that. Well, the Jews in every media outlet in the West promote it. And all of this happens while Jews also actively promote gambling, pornography, Hollywood, every other vice. They have created entire industries based on those vices from which they continue to reap the profits. Wherever Jews come to rule the nation, the result is Babylon, Sodom, and Gomorrah, and people have to ask why this is. But not for them. Not for them. Christ said a tree is known by its fruit, and by that measure alone, the Jew proves that he is the devil time and again. Hmm. Well, listen, you kind of cued into some questions. You know, we've had David Duke on our show before. And from what I understand, according to our listener, Richie, who kind of suggested you come on our show, said you guys don't exactly see eye to eye. Can you clarify that to our listeners, what you don't agree with? I mean, I think you were kind of touching base on that a little bit, but a little bit further in depth of what you don't agree with from a, from David Duke's standpoint specifically. John the Baptist said that the axe is laid to the root of the tree. David Duke only wants to prune the branches. Hmm. He doesn't want to get to the root of the problem. Hmm. Okay, and and another question. I know we're jumping from subject to subject. You have so much information to, uh, to give us. Uh, you know, you were saying something about Palestine there, uh, saying that they're kind of like a, a problematic uh, entity. So, what's your state? What's your what's your take on present day Israel and who is the true Israelites in your eyes? And and how does Israel parlay into what you said about Palestine? The Jews are the Edomites and Canaanites of Old Testament scriptures. Mm -hmm. That is who they are. I can prove this historically, not only from the pages of the New Testament, but also from the pages of a historian they claim is their own, Flavius Josephus, who was writing about 90 AD, and Strabo, the geographer, who wrote who wrote years before Christ was born and has no Jew or Christian axe to grind whatsoever, that, the, that this nation of Judea in 130 B.C., which were legitimate Israelites, 
had this same universalist poisoned mindset that they should go out and conquer all the people around them, they were the first popes of Rome, right? Well, they Bill, Bill, listen, hold that, hold that thought. We're coming hard to a break here. Hold that thought. You have a lot of information. Again, if anybody wants to call in, I know some people think this is a controversial guest. Call in. Have your First Amendment right exercise. Call us up, Battle New Orleans Radio, 504-556-9696. We'll be right back. All right, we're back, Battle of New Orleans Radio, with the one and only Bill Fink. Again, if anybody wants to call in, 504-556-9696. We got so many people in studio and also on on hold right now. Uh, we got Caleb Hit as well as Payday Monsanto. Payday, are you there? Okay, wait, he's not there yet. But listen, Bill, uh, we have a caller who wants to talk to you really briefly. His name is David in, on the North Shore, North Shore of New Orleans. Go ahead, David. You're on You're on the air with Bill Fink. Go ahead. Well, hello, gentlemen. Great guest, by the way. Thank you. Um, um, most of you know me. and uh, for, for your listeners that don't know me, I'm David Dutrieff. I appear on uh, the Militia Intelligence Report on the Renegade Broadcasting Network, which Chris Dorsey hosts. Okay, cool. Now, yeah, I check that out all the time. A great, great site. Mm-hmm. All right, well, so, you're, uh, you're on the air with Bill Fink. Bill, are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. You all right, man. Go ahead, David. Radically. Okay. Well, well, what we try to um, we try to bring some sanity into this world. What I mean by that is we every everything was meant to be common, which is why we have common law. Mm-hmm. The laws, the um, that everything we need, our handbook is already it's already laid out for us. We we must go back to the Constitution of the United States. Now I say that. Because how many how many politicians how many people that serve in public offices uh, take an oath? You know, do you solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution of the United States? So help me God. So, in, in other words, if the Constitution was enforced, it would result in one of the largest mass arrests and trials in pretty much uh, U.S. and world history. Hmm. Now, the law is not being enforced, okay. and the Constitution states that the militia, the body of the people is the only legitimate law enforcement in the land. Now, it's no secret we call them our servants, which means the people are in charge. The people always have the right to abolish a criminal government as they see fit. And what we see is treason, because most of our uh, government is run by dual Israeli citizens who have taken an oath to uh, two different countries. Some even serve in uh, Israeli offices and um, uh, IDF units. And... Excuse me. Well, do you have do you have a question for Bill Fink? Um, I just I want to know again what is um what is his take on uh, David Duke as well because I've I've sort of had some questions or suspicions over the years so I you know I always like to you know just hear people publicly what they would like to state about it. Go ahead, Bill. Here's my here's my biggest um problem with david duke and and i'll try to put it as succinctly as possible we have in america i don't care what you think about them they're not going away we have a hundred million white christians who believe for some reason convenient to jury because they have long ago 
subverted Christian churches for their own use, and we have to understand that, who believe that if you curse the Jews, you're going to be cursed, because Abraham was a Jew. And that entire paradigm is a lie. It's a historical lie. It's a biblical lie. It's not at all true. But this hundred and something million white Christians believe this. And David Duke, in all of his rhetoric, upholds the Jewish tales and the Jewish myths about the Christian scriptures. As long as you uphold the Jewish lies about the Christian scriptures, and you refuse to confront the Jews for the imposters and infiltrators that they are, then the Jews are going to have the advantage, and they will always have the advantage. So David Duke surrendering the, the Bible to the Jews gives the Jews the victory, because a hundred million Christians are going to remain on the side of the Jews. David, does, does that answer your question? Uh, uh, partially. And and listen, uh, guy, and go ahead, David, if you have any more questions, go ahead. You have Bill Fink. Okay, and uh, again, uh, thank you. Uh, what what I've always uh, questioned about him is is the fact that uh, he's, he's he's pretty much known to uh, be in the uh, some some of the same circles as um let's say uh, Alexander Dugan. He's got a lot of ties to Russia, just like uh, Trump Trump as well. And like I said, I've, there's there's been a rumor going around. Obviously, everybody knows uh, the Russians hacked the elections. Now, whether that's true or not, I always jokingly say they they didn't have to um, hack the elections. They pretty much left the back door open for them. Now, by me saying that, I've, I'm I'm stating that this this has to do with a, a world cabal. This is pretty much every organized government of every world because money a two-dimensional creation which we're uh, slaves of the jewish shekel is is pretty much it's it's become our god it's become it's become our religion and the bank for international settlement controls every every central bank of the world including our federal reserves and i've all been peripheral if you don't get right to the right to the root of jewish identity and confront them on a on a perfectly historical basis, you are you, you are never going to convince Christians that the Jews don't deserve all those banks. You're never going to convince Christians that the, the Jews don't deserve to rule the world. After all, they're God's chosen people, aren't they? And your average Christian, he's not going to care about the bank of crooks and criminals. He's not going to care if Jews are in charge of the Federal Reserve. And and I have a whole lot of um problems with David Duke, but I don't want to sit here and make ad hominem attacks of things that I can't readily demonstrate. So, so to me, addressing peripheral issues, you're doing no better than David Duke and attacking the branches rather than attacking the root. The root. Yeah. Correct. Yep. I mean, it's you know, like you're pruning the tree. Oh, and hey, guys, that listen, that's Payday Monsanto also on on the line there. Yeah, you are on the line, Payday. But look, listen, we'll get to Payday next. <laughs> yep. Uh, go ahead, David. You're still on the line with Bill. If you have any further questions. Well, again, thank you, gentlemen. And I must I must say, you guys have a uh, have a wonderful platform, and um, I really I really thank you to. Um, be able to let me uh, just come on and uh, speak my mind like this. Not many places other than Renegade are like that. And it's and like I said, we we get caught up a lot of times in this um, 
this hero worship. We got to understand that, uh, you know, uh, other other than other than God, which our Constitution does state, I always say this: that all men are created equally. Now, hence the term "created." Our founding fathers are acknowledging that there is some sort of higher power because it doesn't say all men are evolved or all men are spawned. So, and I, and. I'll uh, I'll give it over to Payday because I would like to hear from him, but I'm just going to close by saying God creates man and man creates government. Man should never be subject to his to his own creation. Now, if I was to create a table and chair, and who's to say that that table and chair rolled over my life? I mean, you get what I'm talking about? Yeah, listen. That's, that's Chris Dorsey's. I applaud Chris Dorsey's ideologies and and what he says. Well, hey, Payday. Payday. Payday, you're on. You're on right now. Your your phone lines a little bit. Um, it sounds like you might be on speaker. You might keep an eye on that. Maybe get closer to the microphone. But go ahead and restate that, Payday Monsanto. No, I just I agree in total. Uh, somewhat. It's a little broken up. But anyways, back to Bill Fink. Uh, we have on line number two. We have Joseph. Uh, I think that's in Metairie. Go ahead, Joseph. You're on the air with Bill Fink. What's the gentleman's, gentleman's name again? And this is another broken line somewhat. Go ahead, Joseph. Make the question quick. First of all, uh, a lot of people don't know that Israel has as part of its uh, strategic military uh, defense a... Uh, a doctrine of something called the Samson Option. Uh, most people don't know that Israel has between 120 to maybe 130 or more nuclear bombs in its arsenal. And if it is... 400 a, nuclear warheads, perhaps, as well. 200, you fifth say? Largest, fifth largest army in the world. You say 200? A fifth largest nuclear arsenal in the world. Oh, perhaps the 400 largest? to 500, you know, warheads. Whatever well, I don't the, know. The you say 400 to 500? However you quantify it, fifth I'm largest sorry, look, you're talking easy. so fast I can't hear you. 400 to 500? Listen, the Joseph, do you, in the world. Joseph yeah. do, you have a, do you have a question for Bill Fink? He's our main guest tonight. Go ahead. Okay, well, look, a lot of people don't understand this. Uh, basically, Israel has blackmailed the Western world into a position where it has to come to its defense if it is about to be overrun by either Arab armies or a, a Russian army, let's say, the Gog-Magog uh, scenario that's in the Bible. But this and, is all speculation. Uh, and, if it's and not, hello? Hold up, Joseph. Joseph, Bill wants to respond to what you just said. Go ahead, Bill. I'm here to do military speculation. That's all I'm asking. I mean, I'm just not the, 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 the guest for that. Mm -hmm. I got gotcha. you. So, Joseph, Joseph, what's your question for Bill? Well, if, if Israel is going to execute that policy, if it faces uh, eminent, uh, you know, being invaded and, 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 and the fall of the state of Israel, uh, uh, when those bombs are released, a lot of people don't know what the targets are. They're not going to be really Arab armies. Well, it's the Arab oil fields and, and natural gas fields that supply the Western world with energy. And what you really have as an outcome of that is the Mad Max road warrior type of world that you've seen in those 
old Mel Gibson movie. Yeah, well, listen, Joseph, thanks for the call. Um, we appreciate that. Uh, sorry about that, Billy. Didn't ask you a direct question, but we do have a lot of callers that want to talk to you. We have one minute. We have Don Fox on hold. Uh, but again, we have one minute till the break. But go ahead, Bill. Do you want to make a response to any of that? If I could have one minute, what I'm going to say is that the, the true Christian awaits the Mad Max scenario with the fall of Babylon, Revelation chapter 18. And my job, in, in my own eyes and, and, and in the eyes of my many supporters, it is to educate white Christians as to how to survive that. And what to do when that happens, because that's the day we await, we await when the beast falls and the mask is pulled from the Jew. Hmm. All right. Well, look, we're going to be coming to a break shortly. If anybody wants to call in, 504-556-9696. And if you want to tell your friends nationally how to listen to us live, go via the TuneIn.com app. You can listen to us live right now. Battle of New Orleans Radio, 990 AM, WGSO. We got a pack show. Bill Fink is our uh, main guest tonight, all the way till nine o'clock, and we're really excited to have him here. A lot of people see him as a controversial guest, but he seems to be very well informed. Let's call in if you have a question, you want to uh, clarify something. We'll be right back. Battle of New Orleans Radio. All right, we're back, Battle of New Orleans Radio. And, uh, Bill, we apologize, man. You, you're very popular. Our phone lines are lighting up. Uh, we can't really control who's going to call us or who is, what kind of phone connection they're going to have. So right now we decided we're going to let you talk a little bit, a little further about what you know about Christian genealogy, Christian identity, uh, your website, more about yourself and what you stand for. So go ahead, Bill, uh, before we take any further calls. We got about four people online on the phones, but go ahead, Bill. On my website are a thousand podcasts concerning little besides. Sometimes I talk about social issues or political issues, but most of my podcasts concern ancient history and the Bible. And I read the original languages of the Bible. I know what they say. I know what the Greek and Hebrew words mean. I've, I've studied all of the ancient Mesopotamian, Persian, and, and Levantine, or, or from Palestine, right? The, the inscriptions, everything found in archaeology, the settlement of Europe, the earliest history of Europe, all of the Greek and Roman classics, and I put all of this behind me to explain a, a history of the European peoples which comes from Mesopotamia, Palestine and Syria. They were once white nations. They were once just as European in, in their character as modern Northern Europe or, or, or white America are today. Hmm. And they are where our historical, genetic, and cultural roots are. That's where we came from. Europe was settled by those people between 3000 BC. And, and, and 500 A.D., when the last of the Germanic tribes migrated from Asia. That's where we came from. The Jews are interlopers and infiltrators into every white society, and that hasn't started in the last 100 years or the last 200 years. That's been going on for 5,000 years. 
They have infiltrated every ancient empire and brought it to ruin through their programs of sodomy and diversity. Well, go, hey, Bill. Bill, one of our one of our uh, one of our hosts has a quick question for you. But go ahead, Payday. What do you have for Bill? Mr. Fink, how you doing, sir? Can you hear me? Good. Yes. I, I'm just curious now. Would this this whole story you're telling entail uh, the Christians uh, of your ilk being the true chosen ones? Ultimately, well, is that is that the, the final the analysis? I want. I would like to know the meat of this matter. Okay, go ahead, Bill. Yes. The nations of Europe are the descendants of the ancient children of Israel, along with other Mesopotamian Levantine uh-huh. tribes. Yes, they are. And there is a that there are volumes of classical histories which prove this, as well as the scriptures and the New Testament. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're actually you're actually among the chosen, like the Jews would purport to be, but it's not the Jews; it's your religion. Well, well, you know, the Jews have stolen that heritage and used it to their advantage, mm. where white civilization ha- ha- has been the city shining on a hill for two thousand years, for better or worse, and for two thousand years before that. All right, I'm glad. To, thank you for clarifying that, sir. So, Bill, correct me if I'm wrong here. The Christian identity, that's what you mean by that, correct? Christian yeah, identity, the Christian identifies mm-hmm. the peoples of antiquity with the, the appropriate races and tribes of today, yes. I mean, even though, despite it being an Abrahamic religion, the Christi- Christianity outjews the Jew, so to speak. No, that's a, not true. You're the real chosenite. You're the real chosenite, right, Mister Fink? You're the real chosenite. From all the wrong, from all the wrong angle. All right, gotcha. And if that offends you, that's tough. But you, you know, we could walk through history, and I could start citing historians and and Assyrian inscriptions and in Persian. All right, well, we could we could probably you could probably spend about six hours doing that, huh? As could I. We could say hey, historians all day. But the bottom line remains, look, I don't want, I'm not the type to, to want to throw the precious babies out with the bathwater. Now, Christian identity has some very strong, uh, you know, uh, points that it makes. But at the end of the day, in the final analysis, Christian identity purports to be the real chosen ones, the real Jews. They out-Jew the Jew, so to speak. We're not Jews, we're anti-Jews, right? What we we and Christ are absolutely antithetical to Jews. Well, on the surface, ideologically, though, it, 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 basically, uh, CI adapts the same story. If I'm not mistaken, again, and I, w- no, I would no, like this to be clarified to the best of your ability, sir. But correct me if I'm wrong. At the end of what? the day, aren't you the the true Israelite? Right. Yes. Uh, yes, these these are false Jews. These are false years. Jews that we're we're seeing now. Uh, like the Bible said, beware of those who call themselves Jews. They are the, of the synagogue of Satan, right? Absolutely. But I could quote a hundred other passages to prove that, not just oh, that I, one. I believe. I believe you, sir. I, I I totally believe you. Well, well, Bill. I mean, this is a very basic question. You know, raised Catholic in America. This is talking about myself. 
you know, obviously I've kind of seen the Vatican get co-opted by this new world order stuff that we talk a lot about on the show. Where does that leave someone like me who doesn't really go to church much anymore? And I, you know, I obviously feel bad for that Catholic uh, guilt in my heart. So just because I'm a white European, which I am, and living in America, where does that leave me from a sin standpoint? Am I guaranteed heaven or not in your eyes, or what's your take on that? In the first century, when Paul of Tarsus told people that you should believe so that you'd be saved, right? Mm-hmm. You should believe in Christ so that you would be preserved. Yeah, John 3.16. It's just an, an empty profession. Oh, I believe in Jesus. No, that's not it. You're not saved by the profession of your lips. You are preserved when you keep God's law and act like a Christian. So and if you're going, I have a theory. I, oh, I'm sorry. I have a theory about this whole thing. Just to interject real quickly. And Payday, look, we got 20 oh. seconds. Go ahead, make it quick. Well, look, I have a theory about this. All throughout history, peop, there is a scripture that's been written. That's probably 30, 40, 50, 80, 120,000 years old. Who knows? And it's been used. And people are always trying to get at the helm of it. And now these people that we know as the Jews are there. And next, whoever gets the, it could be the Christ, the, the CIs. All right, listen. Ultimately wind up taking the reins of this. Hey, Payday, look, we got to go to commercial break. Bill, stay on the line. We'll let you respond to that. We're going to be right back with Bill's response. Battle of New Orleans Radio. All right, guys, we're back, Battle of New Orleans Radio. Again, um, to our listeners, our callers, Payday, Gary, myself, Terry, Caleb, uh, you know, just trying to moderate it all has become somewhat difficult, but I think we're doing a pretty good job. Everybody talk one at a time. When we went to the commercial break, though, just to give our listeners, a, a, a you know, feedback on this, Payday was asking a specific question, and Bill was about to respond. Payday, briefly, can you synopsis that question, and we'll let Bill respond. I have Skype issues, and I still may have Skype issues. No, we hear you clear. We hear you loud and clear. Go ahead. Mr. Fink, number, all right, bullet points. Number one, I know your your work, um, you know, sparsely. I know it briefly. I know it vaguely. But I know that I don't want to throw babies out with the bathwater. And I know there's lots of uh, sentient, salient points that you that, that your uh, ilk, and I don't mean that 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 has a bad connotation. I know, but that your you know that your group make now. But what I understand at the at, at, in the final analysis of it all is that you purport to be the chosenites. And that's what I have a problem with, because, you know, I, I went that deep in, into it, I think, to ascertain what I got. And I think that's the the, the, the gist of it, is that you, uh, Christian identists, believe yourselves to be the real Jews. Uh, and it's very camouflaged is another thing that I noticed. You know, it's it's um, it, well. Look. Well, well, let me get uh, okay, Bill, go I, ahead I and respond. It, it's a yes or no question is what I got. Do Are you the real Jews or not? Okay, go no, ahead, no, Bill. Like the, you know, like the black Israelites. Like they the, right. And the Jews run these things. All right, Payday. Stand by, Payday. Let him go ahead. Go ahead, Bill. His entire, uh, his entire issue with me is an old issue, which the Jews have been presenting for years, right? This, this, this is nothing new. If... We believe, and I can prove historically, that we descended from the people of the Old Testament. 
Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And those commandments are found in the Old Testament. Therefore, when we look at what pleases God and what God expected of the people that he set apart, first let's say that as it is in the Bible, God created the boundaries between all the nations. Deuteronomy chapter 2, Acts chapter 17. If we believe that God created the boundaries between all the nations, if we believe that we are one of those nations whom God set apart, we should all rather be separate. That being said, God demanded that the children of Israel stay a separate people. That means an ethnically separate people. And follow his laws. And those laws outlaw fornication. And fornication is race mixing. I could prove that from the New Testament. They outlaw adultery. They outlaw murder, theft, and, and many other things. And they insist that we love our brethren, our neighbor, as ourselves. That word neighbor, if you look at the Hebrew meaning, means someone that was nourished up with you, someone that was raised with you. It refers to sheep, and it refers to sheep of the, of the same flock being grazed with you. So that's the demands that God has of us. Wanting to please God, we believe that we should stay a separate people and keep his law. If we do that, we are promised that he would elevate us above all the nations of the world. That's what the scripture teaches. If you believe being a non-European, and I'm not going to express any disdain for blacks or Chinamen, I don't have to. If you believe that, that you can achieve that, you should seek to keep his law and go to your black community and lift those people up with God's law and have them follow it and see if they could become a, 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 a blessed nation. That's what you should do if you contend with me, because that's what God's law says. If you want to fault me for following God's law, how are you better than a Jew? If you insist that my white communities have to be integrated with other races, how are you any different than a Jew? How are you not helping to fulfill the Jewish agenda to destroy every race? Now you answer me. I don't really want your answer. What? Well, well, payday, go, pay, go, payday, go I, ahead. I agree. I could, I could not disagree with, you know, the bulk of like 98, 96 at least percent of what you said, Mr. Fink. But I could argue the same thing on the other side. Now this could sound like a double, triple, almost triple protection projection Jew argument that it's the Jews that are fuck, that are uh, stopping the Jews from doing the Jews work. Now I don't like all this the Jews. To me, it's international organized Jewry, and there are Jewish pawns. One person at a time, one person at a time, guys. There are Jewish pawns, and the majority of these uh, of Jews are pawns, and they're, they're not really directly involved with international organized Jewry, as I term them. And that's where the magic, the ledger domain lies. 
That's how they can do their thing, because you have a group that benefits off the uh, you, the the power of a, a very chosen few, and here they don't speak up because they were raised on Talmudic principles. And they were told that they were better than everyone else, but they really don't believe it at the end of the day. But they benefit off of this. So, and that's just like it goes on to. Oh wait, hold up, payday. Hold up, payday. You know, not discerning what I said. The children of Israel were told that they would be lifted above everybody else if they kept God's law. Okay, continue, Bill. You got the floor now. Going to ever convince me to break that law? I don't care how many Jewish tricks uh, of egalitarianism and, and fraternity you want to pull on me. You're not going to to convince me that integration is good, that I should have aliens in my society because that's all in violation of God's law. And the Jew put those aliens here, and the Jew forced integration. All right. Well, listen, Bill. Uh, we have a couple more callers. Thank thank you, Payday, for that question. We're gonna. Uh, Go to our uh, caller line real quick. We have Charlie, Phil, and Don, but we're going to go to Don Fox. And uh, go ahead, Don. You're on the air with Bill Fink currently. Hey, Don. Thanks for being patient with us there, buddy. So, from what I understand, you're familiar with Bill. Go ahead. Yeah, Bill and I did some shows last summer. Uh, you can check those out at uh, christogenia.org or on my blog at donaldfox.wordpress.com. Cool. And uh, do you have any questions specifically for our listening audience via uh, Bill Fink? Yeah, I, I just want Bill maybe to expand on maybe a, a core point here that really what we're talking about when we talk about Christian identity, it's it's covenant theology. You know, who was who are the people that God's covenant was with? And, and that's maybe Bill the next step after Christian identity. And, and, and Abraham was promised that his offspring would become many nations. In Romans chapter 1, Paul chastise the Romans for having the truth of God and turning it into a lie. If in the Psalms and the Old Testament, the laws and the scriptures were only given to the children of Israel, then the Romans must have been amongst the children of Israelites, the, the, children of the, the descendants of the Israelites. And I could demonstrate the connections in history. The connections are in, the key to understanding is that the Romans descended from the Trojans, the Trojans descended from Darda. Darda is mentioned in the Bible in 2 Kings 4.31. These things that, that I say are not fantastic when you're a student of the classics. The Corinthians were Dorian Greeks. The Dorian Greeks, the mightiest warriors of all Europe at one time, were descended and, and admitted in a letter which is recorded in both 1 Maccabees, and in Flavius Josephus, they admitted in a letter dating from the 2nd century B.C. that they descended from Abraham and were of the offspring of Israel. Paul of Tarsus, writing to Dorian Greeks in his epistle to the Corinthians, had told them that they were descended from the people of the Exodus. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8. The Corinthians descended from the people of the Exodus. He told the Galatians. He told the Ephesians. Everybody he went to, he brought this new covenant to because they were descendants of the ancient Israelites of Scripture. Are all Europeans 
No. But those tribes of Europeans were the Galatians, the Dorians, and the, Ro the, the Trojan Romans, who also became the Illyrians. And the Galatians are related to the Germanic tribes known as the Galatahi. That's where the name Galatians comes from. I have definite historical connections in Assyrian inscriptions in ancient classical literature. Herodotus, Homer, Hesiod, Aeschylus, Euripides, um, Livy, Thucydides. I, I could go on and on that connect the ancient Israelites to modern Europeans. And listen, Don and Bill, we got about two minutes before the commercial. Well, actually, about a minute and a half till commercial break. Any final questions or comments you have for uh, Bill before we go to the break? Don? Yeah, Christ, yeah, Christ said that uh, he was not sent but under the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So these are, you know, that's what you're talking about with Paul and, and the disciples. Where, what, where did they go when they were spreading the gospel? Hmm. Interesting. All right, Bill, well, look, you have one minute left before the break. Would you like to respond? Well, well, that's covenant theology. The new covenant was made with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. That's repeated in Jeremiah chapter 31 in the Old Testament and in Hebrews chapter 8 in the New Testament. Romans chapter 9, speaking of the Judeans, Paul says that he's only concerned for his kinsmen according to the flesh, those who are Israelites, he goes on to compare Jacob and Esau because the Esau, the, the Edomites descended from Esau, and they are today's Jews. Okay, listen, we're coming hard to a break, Bill. We got Charlie on the line after the break as well as Phil the Patriot. We're going to be right back with that. Bill Fink is on the air with us, Battle of New Orleans Radio, 990 AM. We'll be right back. All right, we're back, Battle of New Orleans Radio, and we have about three segments left. If you want to call in, you can call in at 504-556-9696. Talk live with Bill Fink, a really special guest of ours. Uh, again, a lot of feedback. Um, we got an email, actually, during the show. They didn't exactly agree with him, but, hey, that's that's the First Amendment right there. And um, if they have a question or they want to call in, uh, Bill is not scared to take your question he hasn't been scared yet, and I don't think he's going to get any scared, any further scared than so far. So um, we're going to go to Charles, Charlie from Los Angeles. He's been holding on for a while there. You're on the air with Bill Fink. Go ahead, Charlie. Yeah, Bill, I got a question for you. Um, what would you say the Jews do best when it comes to dealing with their enemies? Well, well it's war by deception, and and absolutely, yeah. And, and once you have your enemies convinced that you hold their place, that, that you're the special people chosen by God, which they did from about the 3rd century A.D. They couldn't get away with it until from the Romans, and, and at the hand of the Romans, they persecuted apostolic Christianity practically out of existence. That's when the Jews as the chosen people lie came into existence with the beginning of the Catholic Church. And if you watch the Catholic Church, they have adopted many of the ancient errors of the Pharisees as they're described by Flavius Josephus. So okay. they've I got one more question for you, Bill. One more question. One more question. 
Are you in the camp that uh, believes that Israel has nuclear weapons? Do I believe that Israel has nuclear weapons? I'm sure that they have been stealing all of the technology from developed in Britain and Germany and the United States since the end of World War II. They've been stealing it and not only um, building things themselves with it and, and for themselves, but also selling it to our enemies. Okay. I'm in the camp that I don't think they have them. I think Kennedy stopped that in the industrialized, industrialized world, wouldn't let them have them. Uh, you have to have a lot of real estate to have uh, uh, nuclear weapons. Where would they be storing them, and where are they testing them? And could they really have launch one and making sure that it wouldn't be a dud, if, let's say, if they hit Iran? First, the Jews basically control through the intelligence services and, and through our own political apparatus. They control America. They don't really need their own nuclear weapons, but they have all that space in the sand, and we tend to think that the Saudis and the Jews are enemies, and the Jordanians and the Jews are enemies, and that's not true at all. The Saudis and, and the royal houses of Jordan are Jews. They're crypto-Jews, and they're working with the Jews, and all they do is agitate that this game in the Middle East that's all theater, it's all theater, it, it's sometimes there's real disputes between rival factions of Jews, but the Jews have created all of these terrorists in the Middle East, and all they do is attack everybody except Israel. The Jews yeah, I know. have created all of this. The, I, yeah, but I'm just, I think the Jews are using deception, making it people think they have nukes, but I don't think they have them. But um, thanks for taking my call, and I'll listen for the rest of the show. Thank you, Charlie. No morals, and they deceive everybody they can at every turn. They have no consciences. Whites, well, whites have morals and consciences and are easily duped when they project their values onto Jews. Yeah, just for a second, uh, Don wanted to mention something about the nukes in uh, Israel. Go ahead, Don. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Yeah, I've done a lot of work on uh, uh, nuclear weapons in uh, Israel, and yeah, they, they, they were producing them out there in the desert in, at Demona. Um, they had an Israeli defector, uh, Mordecai Venunu. He worked in the plant there. He, he took pictures of it. They were separating plutonium out there. Uh, they, had, uh, um, they had neutron bombs. They had hydrogen bombs. Um, and they had burned Demona out. They pushed. It was a little. It was supposed to be a little experimental, uh, you know, sort of a laboratory type reactor. And they pushed it too hard, burned it out. But uh, they they could uh, they could re-engineer bombs there. And the nukes used on 9/11 were, were uh, remanufactured in Israel. All right, there a you go, Bill. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. Moved to Israel. Say that again, Bill. Tech companies have been moved to Israel, mm -hmm. and they have all the technology they need. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, well, listen, we're going back to the lines here. We have Phil the Patriot on line number two. Go ahead. You're on the air, Phil, uh, with Bill Fink, and uh, I think you're an outspoken Christian, so you should enjoy this guest here. Go ahead, Phil. Hey, good evening, brother good and evening. sister, Christian-American patriotic hostages. This is an official red, white, and blue Patriot Alert coming this Saturday, February 11th. 2017, wow. don't miss the rally, protest, and prayer vigil to defund and stop planned, scammed, Ku Klux Klan, Castle of Satanic Death. 
located at 4636 6, 6, 6, 6, South Clearwater Avenue, New Orleans, Louisiana. Be there, storming the gates of hell. Be there, standing in that gap. Be there, watching that wall. Be there, rescuing innocent and defending the helpless. Be there with the mind of Jesus Christ and the full arm of God. Wake up, stand up, rise up and rise up. And she's starting to stop. Phil, Phil, wait, Phil, Phil, wait, hold up, hold up. Phil, yeah. Phil, you got hold a question? up. Phil, he didn't have a question. We had a statement. I apologize for that, Bill. He's a loyal caller. We do apologize for that. But, um, your program. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, that's, that's what happens when you have this First Amendment exercise so much. People kind of call in and it's hard to moderate per se. But, um, we have one minute till the break, Bill. Uh, it's been a great show. We still have a couple more segments with you. And, uh, again, we have more calls coming in. Uh, we have one minute, though. Continue with anything else you want to fill in for our listeners. Well, well, I, I wouldn't get, you know, the Jews control Europe. There's a European Jewish council that, that sits in the same seat that the European council sits in. The Jews control every American politician is in the pockets of the Jews or actively collaborating with them. Donald Trump might have good intentions, but he's still a man whose perspective it, it is a New York Jewish perspective, not because Trump is a Jew, but because he's been in bed with them all his life. All right, well, listen, Bill, we're going to be right back. we got 30 seconds to break. Again, uh, if anybody wants to call in, we have two segments left. Uh, we have a question from Caleb Hitt, our uh, in in-house reporter for the Daily Resistance from via Skype and from Ohio. We're going to be right back. Ballard Neurons Radio with the one and only Bill Fink. Ballard New Orleans Radio. All right, once again, not for the faint of heart. Uh, this is radio you'll hear nowhere else, and I really mean that. So we've got Bill Fink, and we're going to go ahead with Caleb Hitt, and uh, he's got a question for Bill. So go ahead, Caleb, and um, let her rip. Oh, hi, Bill. I have a. This is Caleb. I have a question for. Based on what I've been hearing from you, if I've been hearing you correctly earlier, I think you were saying something about like, well, how do certain people get saved if they're not a Jew, whether it be Chinese or other people, whoever. And I seem to hear you emphasizing keeping the law. Uh, what, what do you say about uh, in Ephesians in chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, where it says, verse 8, says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So I'm just kind of wondering, I mean, I know that the uh, the law was given, it basically is God's x-ray that shows our inward condition and our need for a Savior in Jesus Christ, of course. And I'm just kind of wondering why you seem to be emphasizing the law, keeping the law versus having faith in Christ Jesus. There's two types of salvation. There's spiritual salvation, okay, and I'll get to that in a second, and there's natural, physical preservation in this world. And wherever the scripture talks about salvation, you have to discern from the context which one it's speaking of. For instance, in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 
there was a problem with a certain fornicator. And Paul said to the, to the assembly of Corinth to put that fornicator out from among them, delivering such a one to Satan, meaning to the anti-Christians outside of their Christian society, for destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of Christ. There's a promise to all of the children of Israel that their spirits would be saved in the day of Christ through grace. And that's what Paul is saying in Ephesians. However, if you want preservation in this world, the path to that, the path to having sound, healthy communities is to keep God's law. And when we don't keep God's law, Satan chastises us. The Jews are able to infiltrate our societies and overturn them and destroy them to their own advantage. All right. Well, look, um, we have another question from Payday. Um, he's been standing by again. We kind of have this rotation of questions. Payday Monsanto, you're on the air again with Bill. Uh, well, any I don't clarif- have a question, per se, after all this time has gone by where I couldn't interrupt Mr. Fink, you know, intermittently mm-hmm. to uh, basically uh, rebut his points. But I'd just like to say at this point, you know, I'd like to have black nationalists, these black Israelites and the white Israelites, and tell the, so I can show them and explicate the fact that they both are trying to out-Jew the Jew, so to speak. Hmm. And I speak of the international organized Jew. It's not your everyday Jew. They just benefit from the benefits, uh, from the privilege that exists in the community, from in the Talmudic community that controls us. So it's such a, a... there's a spillover that can't even be ascertained by the human mind with the education that they use, you know. So it's so murky at this point, mm-hmm. and these people are making it even more murkier as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. All that's right. all I have to say. You're just trying to out-Jew the Jew, so to speak, and I say the international organized Jew, not Mordecai the butcher down the block, who benefits from the privilege of the Jew, while the Jew, while the international organized Jew says what there's white privilege, uh, slavery, the they the patriarchy, you, mm-hmm, the yeah, patriarchy. Yeah. Whereas, oh, well, when in fun. fact well, they controlled the wait, wait, one at a time. Go yeah. ahead, Payday. Okay, yeah. yeah, go ahead. All right, Bill's gonna respond now. Go ahead, Bill. Just the fact that he thinks he could sit here and preach morality to me shows me that he's a tool of the Jew meant to disrupt the, the, my, my effort to have our people pay attention to their own heritage, to treasure their own heritage, and to follow the laws of their God. In the real world, I wouldn't even accept this man. He wouldn't say two words to me because I wouldn't want to hear him because nothing he says I value. I cannot value anything he says. In my paradigm, he's not even a person to me. Does that mean he's bad or evil? Not necessarily, but the dogs and the wolves should not be allowed to vote for what's for dinner with the sheep. As soon as they do, the sheep gets eaten. Bill, uh, okay, payday, we're going to let you respond there. Then we're going to go back to the phone lines. We have a couple more callers. Go ahead, payday. 
One final response on that. Was I on mute when 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 Bill was spouting that nonsense? You're That's clear. You're clear now. Projection. You are triply projecting, just like an, uh, a Talmudic Jew would do. You see, you are accusing me of doing exactly what are you, what you are doing. All right, well, one at a time, yeah, guys, one at a time. One at a time. Any, any discerning mind that is so clear, Mister Fink, you are trying to out Jew the international Jew, and that you do not do. Okay. Your use of Jewish uh, arguments proves that your mind comes from the international Jew. Interesting. All right, well, listen, Bill. Um, again, we have so many people that want to ask you questions. We have Tony from Metairie on line number two who would like to ask you a question. Go ahead, Tony. You're on the air with Bill Fink. Welcome, Tony. Hey, guys. Um, I was just kind of wondering along here, Mr. Bill, um, is is the Bible really a genuine, authentic book to you? Is Is the Old Testament something of God? Is the New Testament, the words in it of Jesus, real? Is Jesus the Son of God? Is he a genuine? Did he die for our sins? Is he the Son of God? I'd like to know your view on that. All right, go ahead, Bill. My my views on that are not the traditional Roman Catholic views, which I believe are wrong. But the Bible is a historical book. Jesus Christ is Yahweh God come in the flesh. He is the incarnation of the Old Testament God. He saved his people by releasing them from the judgments of the law. Paul of Tarsus taught this at great length. It's taught in the Revelation. It's taught in the books of the prophets. Now, that's, a, that, that's all well and good, and, and that they are spiritual beliefs that we are taught only his children can understand. So let's set that aside. Historically, There are a plethora of proofs in thousands of inscriptions that have been dug out of the sand the last 200 years that prove that the Old Testament history is indeed legitimate. Other nations may have had their own spin on things, but the Exodus really happened. I have recently done a podcast where I quoted four pre-Christian secular historians, two Greeks and two Egyptians, going back to the 4th century B.C., that all accepted the story of the Hebrew exodus and Moses and the founding of cities in Palestine and in other regions north of Palestine as historical. So if these ancient, learned Greek and Egyptian writers from 2,500 years ago, accepted these stories as historical, and they were passed down the chain from generation to generation. And we see um, these things rise to the surface in the books of the classics. Then, yeah, we should accept them as historical. And the the archaeological discoveries in Assyria and Babylon and, and Syria and Persia prove beyond doubt that they're historical. All right, right. Let me let, let me ahead, answer Tim. that for you, Bill, and see if I can pull out of you this idea. If Jesus is God, he is the Son of God, he is the mediator, he is the substitute, he's the one that takes away the sin of the world, and he pulls together, as we know, in Matthew 28, go in all the world, preach the gospel to every nation, to all the ethnic groups there. 
teaching no, him these not. things, and he no, says, no, teach people no, to no, obey. I'm sorry. I just he, he that. There together are 11. Yeah, let him finish his question in a statement, and we'll let you back on. Okay, okay, Bill, Bill, let me finish this. And if Jesus pulls together the last 11 disciples, his, his apostles, and he tells them, here's what I'm going to do before I go. I want to tell you this. This is what you are to do. Don't do anything else. Just do this. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptize them in the name of the Father, teaching them to obey what I have commanded you. Now, if he's just commanded in, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, his identity, his process, the the curriculum and the teaching, to me, as a, if you want to call it a believer or a Christian, you follow what he said. My sheep know my voice, they follow me. They don't follow denominations, they don't follow some rehabilitated Jewish codes and laws, and the old covenant is dead, the new covenant has come. If we have this new will, I can't go impose the old will, so if Jesus is who he said he is, I should only be obeying him and nothing else. That the wasn't a failure on the part of God. It was a failure on the part of man, and God knew about it ahead of time because the failure of the Old Covenant is mentioned as early as Leviticus and Deuteronomy. All right, but I shouldn't be trying to follow Old Covenant law in any way today whatsoever. It's over. It's gone. God stands, and it stands in Acts chapter 15, and it stands in many other places. If you love me, keep my commandments. Those commandments are found in the Old Testament. The elements of the law that were done away with are the works of the law, which are, and, and this can be proven from, from contemporary manuscripts, such as those found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, when Paul wrote the works of the law are done away with, he meant the ritual sacrifices and ceremonies of the law that required the Levitical priesthood. But the commandments of the law stand, and they will always stand, because they are moral commandments which are necessary to the sustainment of healthy Christian communities, or healthy any communities. Now, Christ didn't say go out to all nations, not in Greek, in Matthew chapter 28. He said go to all the nations and the worlds to the apostles. You are taking 20th century terms and trying to project them back onto first century writers. But Luke in Luke chapter 2 said that Caesar taxed the whole world, and Caesar didn't tax any sub-Saharan Africans, and Caesar didn't tax any Chinamen, and Caesar didn't tax anybody in South America or North America. In fact, Caesar didn't tax anybody at all but the Greco-Roman Oikumene, which included the nations that the apostles were to bring the gospel to. All right, Bill. Bill, we're coming to a break. We got Renee from North Carolina on after this break. We got a couple more calls. We have, I think, one segment left. Uh, we'll be right back. We have Bill Fink on the air, and we'll be right back. Battle of New Orleans Radio, 990 AM. Battle of New Orleans. Here we go. Here radio, we go. Radio, radio. <laughs> Bringing truth to your eardrums. All right. Listen, it's been a great show all over the place, but beautiful. Great First Amendment exercise tonight. Um, really quickly, we're going to go one last time to Don. We're going to disconnect with him after that, and then we're going to go to Renee in North Carolina. Don, quick question, because we only have about seven minutes left. Go ahead. One quick final question for Bill. Okay, Bill. Uh, just real quick, I wanted to uh, uh, bring up uh, 
And what we're seeing now with this immigration crisis, isn't this the, uh, the Battle of Gog and Magog where the children of Israel are getting surrounded by their enemies? Yes, that's exactly what's going on. Satan, a term in the New Testament which describes the Jews, Satan has gathered all nations against the camp of the saints. Revelation chapter 20. Satan, the Jews had been ostracized from Christian society for a thousand years. There's a great misunderstanding about Revelation chapter 20 because there's a line in there about resurrection that was not in any of the Greek manuscripts originally, and I read Greek. I read Koine Greek as good as I could read English. And that line was not in any original Greek manuscripts, and its introduction has caused much confusion. Satan was locked in a pit for a thousand years when he was ostracized from a Christian Jewish society, from a Christian society, and during the French Revolution, when the Jews gained emancipation and equal citizenship with Christians, it's been all downhill from there. Under the guise of liberty, fraternity, and equality, the Jews have been able to subvert the entire Christian society and gather all the world's nations against us with the, this immigration policy, what, with these civil rights ideas, Mercy. making aliens, making them equals with us in our nations. And this was all done through the power of the Jews and big business and international banks. Hey, Bill, Bill, really quickly, we have one final call. We have so many people calling in and wanting to ask you questions. I, I have more questions for you. It doesn't look like we're going to have the time to do it all. But uh, we have Renee from North Carolina calling in to talk to you. Go ahead. You're on the line right now with Bill Fink. Renee, go ahead. Well, I more want to talk to you boys. It's like, one, I'm more of a New Testament person than an okay. Old Testament. One, you French Catholic boys living in Louisiana, your Old Testament means no more crawfish and, and crabs for you. Oh, okay? yeah, crustaceans, bottom dwellers. <laughs> Do y'all really want to live by Old Testament laws? Yeah, you're right. I love that stuff. <laughs> listen, Renee, listen, we do appreciate you calling in. we got about four oh, minutes left with Bill. Go ahead. One more point. One more point. Look, you French Catholic boys better think twice before you crawl in bed with these wasp supremacists. The KKK was a Protestant organization that had a saying, the only good Catholic is a dead Catholic. So they only, you know, so really... You're not a member of that club, okay? Hmm. I think y'all need to be a little more careful and go back and study some of the Acadian history okay. and who did what to you. Okay. All right. White Anglo-Saxon Protestants don't like us. All right. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you, Renee. And, uh, Bill, you have about three minutes left. Um, again, it was a great show. Go ahead. Respond. I might live in Florida right now, but I was raised in New Jersey, and I'm a Yankee, but I'm a Catholic. I was raised a Catholic, and I rejected the Catholic Church in seventh grade because I knew that it didn't add up. Hmm. So I've been an apostate Catholic, but my grandmother, my father's mother, was Irish, and even though my mother's family and my father's father had a Protestant background, my father's father was an apostate Lutheran, and... 
my grand, my mother and, and father raised us Catholics. They thought that was the thing to do in, in New Jersey in the 1960s and 70s. All right, Bill, listen, we got three minutes left. Uh, any final uh, comments or um, you know statements to our listening audience and then maybe a plug for your website one more one more time? Well, well my website is Christogenia.org. It, it's um, a huge website. It, it has tens of thousands of pages on my main site and on many subdomains. And all of the historical proof that I have to um, substantiate everything I said this evening and, and more is found under the podcast menu and the essays menu at the top links on the main menu at the top of my website. I, I suggest people go to the essays menu and, and start there and then move on to the podcast and read down the center column and see all the categories and, and that's the best I could do for you. It, it's impossible to illustrate all of the history and all of the details that I need to illustrate on a hundred podcasts, but I can illustrate them all, and I have many times on my website. Well, it looks like it's for a hundred thousand visitors a month. Well, listen, Bill, great information, man. I, I even had more questions for you personally written down I didn't get to, but uh, we had a great show, a lot of great callers. Whether people agree with you or not, obviously we had a great debate tonight. Uh, this will be uploaded on our YouTube page, Battle Nola Radio, uh, for any subscribers out there. And again, thank you to Caleb Hitt, to Gary King, uh, Don, everybody, Payday Monsanto, Terry T in the house. We got Terry in studio. Yo, what's up everybody out there? And that's a listener of ours. But again, and a special thanks to Bill Fink and, um, and to Richie, our listener, who really was, uh, for, 100% for, um, having Bill on the show, and he's helped donate to the show and keep us on the air. So, again, Bill, thank you for coming on the air, and uh, we hope to have you on the air again another another uh, week. Well, thank you. All right, Bill, have a great night. And um, we have about one minute left there. Gary, any final thoughts you have to say for tonight? Ooh, man, I feel like I've been on a, a bunking a Bronco ride tonight. So, um, like I said at the beginning of the show, this is not for the faint of heart. Uh, this is a very deep subject. And um, just like Bill Fink said, he's got thousands of pages and hundreds, thousands of podcasts. So if you want to understand this, you better get busy. And not everybody's going to agree with each other. And that's just something that, you know, we have to accept. And uh, that's how it's always going to be. But So, uh, Terry, any final thoughts? I just wanted to say uh, stay off the GMO foods, try to eat healthy, and uh, do the best because uh, a lot of these GMO foods, that's what causes a lot of... Uh, enlarged hearts in the future and give you cancer and stuff like that so just stay healthy and stay wise and stay informed and thanks for listening to the battle of new orleans all right we'll be back next week battle of new orleans radio